0: Hey, you, listener of the Berman Hour podcast and coffee drinker, go to newwave.co slash Berman and get 10% off your order of New Wave's Flow State Coffee. And hey, you, non-coffee drinker, what are you doing right now? Also, go to newwave.co slash Berman and get 10% off your order of New Wave's Flow State Coffee. And you can give it to somebody as a gift. I say this on behalf of all coffee drinkers. When we get a bag of coffee as a gift, it doesn't get better than that. So whether you drink coffee or you don't drink coffee, go to newwave.co slash berman. That's N-O-O-W-A-V-E dot C-O slash B-E-R-M-A-N and get your order of New Wave's Flow State Coffee. Get 10% off your order. And better yet, by going to that link, that Berman-specified link, newwave.co slash berman, We get a little bit of a kickback here for the show that helps pay for production costs, etc. So again, newwave.co slash Berman. Get yourself some coffee. Get some great coffee for the coffee lover in your life. And... the Berman Hour Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Berman. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the Berman Hour Podcast if you haven't yet. Every little bit helps. My guest this week is Hunter Martinez from the band Decent Criminal. Decent Criminal has a new EP out this week on Sell the Heart Records. It's fantastic. It's different. It's weird. But that's what you want these days. You want punk bands. To be weird and outside the box. And I think this EP is a step in the right direction for Decent Criminal. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Hunter Martinez from Decent Criminal. Let's get right into it. I'll see you on the other side. Let's go. right, I have a confession to make. I know... I know that I know you and we've met, but I could, I always had trouble telling you and your bandmates apart and then come to find out that you're actually brothers with one of them. So now I don't feel as bad about this situation. So, (laughs) (laughs) but you play drums, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm the drummer. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm so fucking, you know, like it shows like everyone's going in a million different directions and I know that we've met and I know that we've spoken before, Yeah, but it's just so hard to... I don't know. My, my uh, quarantine brain just doesn't remember those details very well. Oh, dude, no
1: worries, man. No
0: worries. <laughs> yeah. Where are you now? Are you in Southern California or are you up north?
1: Yeah, I'm in San Diego now. Um, my brother and I moved down here um, last June.
0: Oh, damn. Right in the middle of the quarantine, eh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We decided to, uh, to get out. Well, we were, um, I was living on my friend's couch in Silver Lake. And then Tristan had a spot in, in East L.A. too. Um, and when everything hit and we weren't going to go on tour, because we had like three months of tour planned, uh, yeah. we kind of we moved home to Santa Rosa, stayed at uh, our parents' place, and then saved up unemployment and just ended up moving down here.
0: All right. Well, then that makes the next question that I was going to ask not as abrasive and not okay. as potentially offensive. But, you know... <laughs> Yeah. As, a, as a Southern California band dude, or as a former Southern California band dude, mm-hmm. I had a big issue with you fucking Bay Area motherfuckers coming down to Southern California and stealing the best and cutest bass player in all of Southern California when you took Jesse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good looking guy, man. He fucking rips.
0: Yeah, is he better at base than he is good looking, or is he more good looking than he is as a base? Player?
1: <laughs> uh, that's a hard question. Um, I I want to say I'll take his base player in over his looks.
0: He I'll say that, that he's, he's prettier than his than his. I'll say that his looks are better than his licks. So really? You know, okay. You know, we're split. Yeah, we're split down the middle. <laughs> um. You know it's it's common it's commonly understood, of course, that Southern California is immensely better in a myriad of ways than Northern California and the Bay Area. We all know that. I don't need you to get into that, but <laughs> I do want to put you on the fucking spot. Why did all you guys move down to Southern California? Was there a band incentive behind that, or was it more of a a personal move for everybody, and it just was coincidence?
1: Um, initially we moved. My, my brother and I moved to Long Beach. God, like. Almost
0: three or four years ago now. It's been that long? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, okay. Um, I, w- we kind of decided that after one tour, we came down here and um, played some shows. And, and I, I just always wanted to, I knew we were going to move out of Santa Rosa. I didn't want to stay there my whole life. Um, and kind of just felt the itch to get out. And we just kind of landed on Long Beach. We always had a good time down there. And in between tours, like, We've had to move back to Santa Rosa for a little bit, you know, here and there.
0: Just to get but, back on your feet, so to speak. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, it's like um, uh, trying trying to just stay in Southern California. And then eventually we moved to L.A. proper, um, and I really dug that for a while until the pandemic started.
0: And so was the move from L.A. to San Diego because of the pandemic, or was that also just kind of a coincidence in terms of timing?
1: We just... It was like a, the last. We kind of talked about um, when the pandemic started. We're like, well, where's the last spot we want to live in California? And we're like, well, let's just to San Diego. We have friends here. We've always played great shows here. It's beautiful down here. So we're just like, let's just make the move and be near the beach. You know,
0: has that affected your sound at all, or, or the way that you choose to approach songwriting as Southern California residents as opposed to Northern California residents?
1: Um, uh, I don't think so. I think we've we've kind of approach approached it the same. You know, I th- I think moving around a lot maybe has something to it, or you know, or just just traveling and, and touring as much as we have. I guess you could say, um, has kind of come to play in songwriting and and talking about different experiences and different people we've met along the way too. You know.
0: Yeah. Totally. Is there a dynamic that's been difficult between you and your brother as a brother band like I said, I didn't realize that decent criminal was quote unquote a brother band until uh, this morning when I was just kind of doing my some research oh okay cool yeah so is that something that has been a challenge or has it just kind of been something that set you on a a parallel course with your brother?
1: we kind of use it to our advantage because we've we've made it a point to live together most of this time since we started the band and, uh, you know, with, with jamming all the time and, and kind of being on the same page about what we want to do, moving the band forward and, and, uh, you know, like figuring out touring stuff in general. Um, that's been very helpful. Sometimes we've, uh, we definitely argue a lot <laughs> and we sure, we've definitely yeah. got through a fair amount of fights about certain stuff, but you know, for the most part, it was just like, there was a period where I was, um, getting opportunities or offers to fill in for different bands and go on tour while criminal had band or had shows going on. So that was kind of like the biggest funk I think we had. And, um, it, it was kind of tough, and I cut that out. But yeah, I think that's that's kind of it. I think it's very beneficial. It's, it's been it's been really good that we we're brothers in a band together, and we uh, we just we're naturally just play off each other really well, and uh, it's great. Like even when we we jammed, just him and I, we don't, we hardly even look at each other. We just know what song we're gonna go into. We know what we're gonna play. We know we're like we're we're just very good, and we work great creatively together.
0: Yeah. Now that I know this, is it the two of you on the cover of your 2016 record? Yes. Okay. Okay. So which one of you is older? Tristan is. Tristan's three years older. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and was his influence what got you both? How did it come about, rather, to start playing music together?
1: We have two older brothers as well and an older sister. And um, my dad is very in music and, and playing albums all the time when we were kids. So it was kind of a no brainer that we were going to get into music because everybody else in the house kind of was, or, you know, getting into guitar, our older our oldest brother played guitar. Uh, the other one played bass. We just started going to shows when we were kids too. And, and my dad would take us to the record store all the time. And we kind of just like, we're just born right into it, you know? And That's so um, cool. yeah. when, Tr- when Tristan was, I think, Uh, 11 my dad got him a guitar and I think a year later he got me a drum set it was like from then on we just kind of started jamming
0: together I was gonna say at what point did decent criminal kind of come into be but I read something at some point I want to say this was a few years ago where somebody in the band talked about how in 2014 2015 before that first record that is referred to that you two were on the cover of yeah. there was kind of a different version of decent criminal that existed. And then there was kind of a, a revision or revamping of the, the band and the brand and the idea. Can you speak a little bit to that in terms of how that first act of the band was and how it graduated into the act that you're in now?
1: The, the First of all, decent criminal. I came up with the name when I was 16 and I had started playing guitar and, um, uh, came up with the name when I started jamming with some friends from the neighborhood and we just started the band called the decent criminal. And it was like, kind of like we really want to be like operation Ivy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like growing up in the Bay area and just the ska punk thing. And, um, over time, like we went on our first tour fresh out of high school and we went across the U S and, um, Soon after that, Tristan, well, Tristan played bass. He joined in like on that first tour uh, because our bass player couldn't go on the tour.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then from then on, uh, we played for a little longer, and then everyone kind of quit. And uh, I was like, "Well, I don't really want to quit." And at the time, I was playing guitar and singing. And um, and Tristan's like, "Well, let's just kind of start this over." And we and we just started writing what would become the first record of what you know now is decent criminal in 2000. Right. Yeah. 2014, 2015. Um, and I switched to, switched to playing drums again and I didn't play drums since I was a kid. So it was kind of like I was relearning how to play and we were writing the songs together and it just came up from there. we just asked, um, Brian who we know, we, uh, he was in a band from Santa Rosa called snag and he's in a band called M section too. Um, and we've known him for a long time and <clears throat> always liked what he did. So we brought him in and, uh, Alex, the bass player, who now is in toy guitar. Um, he was in a band from Santa Rosa called semi evolved Simeons, And we loved that band. And, uh, we asked him mm-hmm. to, pl- to play with us too. And he, he was all about it. Um, so that's kind of how it came to be. Um, just falling, you know, my, my high school project falling apart uh, then us starting over, but then we didn't really have any idea for another name, so we just kept it decent criminal.
0: <laughs> Sometimes the simplest explanations are the best. And that makes more sense to me than, than anything else. Yeah. Um that that's really quite something. I, I'm kinda curious if if you could learn me in the ways of bands that kind of put Marin and Santa Rosa on the map. Because when it comes to the Bay Area. There's certainly San Francisco bands. There's certainly East Bay bands. Obviously, Gilman Street is so monumental in that region. And then the South Bay, I feel like more recently in the last 10 years, there's been a lot more focus on the South Bay. But north of the city, where you guys are from, is not spotlighted as much, right? And right. How, how would you kind of walk somebody uh, like me, uh, uh, somebody who doesn't know that much about that part of the music scene in the Bay Area, What are some of the bands that you experienced when you were young that were local that kind of you know, provided the fertile ground for Decent Criminal to take form? Oh, man,
1: Um, so many. I mean, an older band that even a lot of those East Bay bands that talk about, like from Gilman, uh, a band called Victim's Family, was I think still probably one of the biggest bands to come out of Santa Rosa and Sonoma Uh County. And they're just – I don't even know how to describe it, man. It's like funk, punk, hardcore – uh, jazz kind of, you know, they were just like all over the place and, and I remember, um, seeing them play and it was pretty, pretty huge. And like I was um saying, Brian's band snag, uh, we used to go watch them practice at the screen printing, um, shop in Santa Rosa. And we used to either do school and go hang out with whoever was there at the shop. And, um, and then Snag would jam at night. And I think that was definitely the first, that was the thing that made me want to start Decent Criminal was watching Snag play. And they were just such a great killer band. And, um, and I know I mentioned Alex being the semi-involved Simeon's, that was another band too. That was just like, holy shit. Like I got to, and that that was also like one of those bands too, where I didn't really get the whole um, doing harmonies thing. Mm-hmm. singing harmonies like i listened to all sorts of bands that had harmonies but i didn't know how to sing them i didn't we didn't know how to like translate that put it in our songs and some of all simians were just like always three-part harmonies and just so good and i was like oh shit we gotta step up our game and and kind of you know be more melodic and have this because like i was saying earlier it kind of started out like we just were trying to be you know, like hardcore, then kind of like Operation Ivy stuff with the Scout with no horns and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think that that intergenre description has suited you well from at least, you know, from what I've known of, of Decent Criminal version 2.0, right? Mm-hmm. And with this new EP, you kind of dive into that a little bit more. It's, it's hard to be diverse on a three or three and a half, you know, record. But yeah. when when you have a full length, you have a little bit more real estate to work with. But with this new EP, you guys really kind of dive the dreamy-serve vibe, and there's a little bit that kind of harkens back to Bloom and Bliss. And then there feels like some New Direction stuff as well. Was this new EP kind of meant to be a fresh footprint in the proverbial snow of where the band will be going? or Or was it more of kind of a concerted effort to just make the songs interesting unto themselves for the purpose of this release?
1: Very good question. I think it's just honestly a natural growth in the songwriting process. I feel like both Tristan and Brian have just continued to grow as writing writers and just doing uh, whatever comes to mind, you know, like, like a lot of this EP was seriously just on the spot kind of stuff that happened in the studio with all four of us. Um, I mean, Tristan and Brian brought in like demos and ideas of the songs, um, but didn't really pull it all together till all four of us were in there doing it. Uh, Yeah. Like I said, I think it's just the natural progression of the band. I think we're, we're maybe moving in a different, different kind of style or styles as you should say. Cause I I think all, all three songs sound pretty different. (laughs) Uh, I think bizarre the first song that we, re- that we released um is kind of a nod to the last record bliss could sound like some of off that um but yeah I, th- I think it's just gonna be more and more kind of on the spot stuff and and not overthinking it and I think there was a lot of that in the last record of of kind of like oh these songs go together and and because there I think Tristan wrote like 20 songs for bliss and I think there's only 11 on there I think Something like that And it was a lot of Overthinking You know Oh this shouldn't This doesn't fit with this And this doesn't fit with that And it's kind of We kind of passed that We're like Oh fuck it Well I think this sounds cool And let's just work with it Who cares What kind of song You know what this song sounds like Compared to the others
0: Right And did you guys think That there was a little bit more forgiveness Because this was kind of a You know a, A half step it's it's a it's a as a 3 song ep as opposed to another full length like, did you feel like you could use this as a means to get a little bit weirder for lack of a better term
1: i think there was some freedom in that but we also didn't know we were going to put this out this was just hey we have a couple songs um you know we're going to be in the bay area playing a couple shows so let's book some days with scott and just play these songs and, and record them and see how it goes. And th- that was kind of it. and um, I think there was definitely freedom in that too, not really having a plan for an album or, um, or even this EP at all.
0: Hey, everyone. Quickly, I want to interject and thank our new sponsor, Hello Productions, otherwise known as Hello TV helping out the Berman Hour podcast, Hello Productions is the ultimate all-inclusive live concert video production service, which is a fancy way of saying if you're an artist, if you're a solo artist, if you're a manager who has a roster of bands, if you're a brand manager who wants to do something different and outside the box and you need new video content, go to H-E-L-L-O-O-O-TV.com and Hello Productions can bring your artistic vision to life. Let's face it, we are approaching one year of being in this pandemic and of being in this quarantine. The people like myself on our couch with acoustic guitars doing live stream, that shit got old so quick and it's companies like Hello Productions that helped get us out of that rut. Hello Productions can help you and they want to help you. So be in touch, H-E-L-L-O-O-O-TV.com and they can help you with all the tools in one spot, to create a -a one-of-a-kind immersive live video experience for your audience. H-E-L-L-O-O-O-T-V.com. We're proud to have them as a sponsor here on the Berman Hour podcast. So let's get back to it. Well, when I heard Bizarre, I thought, all right, this is decent criminal. This this Mm -hmm. sounds like what I would expect it to sound like. And then when I heard, uh, because your publicist sent me the records, when I heard Drifter, I thought, all right, this is this is interesting. And then when I heard Reap, I thought, oh, they're they're getting into something. Somebody's somebody's doing something. You know, when the microphones are turned off and it's making it real interesting. And it's it's fucking cool. It's like very different for you guys. And uh and I mean it's it's very different from a lot of your contemporaries too. Is that something that you guys consciously think about where, you know, you've had all of these subtle maybe some not so subtle shifts in genre or shifts in focus of what you want decent criminal to sound like are you always trying to kind of outpace yourselves or do you ever think about "Ah, i I really want to set us apart from the bands that we're playing with at la escalera fest next month or whatever like is there an approach that you guys have to differentiate yourselves or is it just what comes naturally
1: it's it's a natural thing you know um and we all know, like we we don't really sound like a lot of the bands that we play with too. I think it's just,
0: but that's a good it, thing though. I mean, like that's that's what I like to hear when I, especially if I'm at a festival, right? Um, like like that or like fest or something. If if I come across a band that is different than uh, the gaggle, to me that's a, a net positive, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And I, you know, we know that, and sometimes it's kind of been been a pain in the ass too. Like as far as um you know reaching out to labels and stuff too because i feel like we've been playing with maybe bands that don't or or we've been inviting like labels to come see us that maybe we wouldn't we wouldn't fit well but we're playing with the bands that are on that label you know what i mean
0: sure i I feel yeah i know that well Yeah. yeah, yeah it can be a frustrating endeavor for sure
1: exactly so you know um but yeah, I, I mean, it's just us, man. Naturally, it's like whatever's coming out is what we do. And the, you know, whoever's booking us, whoever's playing us, whoever we're playing with, it's kind of just whatever. It's never, we never th- really think about what we're doing is different or something.
0: Yeah. Have you guys been able to be somewhat active as a band during this quarantine time? Um,. Yeah, I mean I'm fully aware that I'm asking you that question in the midst of a publicity <laughs> run that you guys are doing for a new record. Like I'm I'm not that oblivious. But like have the four of you been able to actually get together and and work on stuff or kind of formulate plans even though you can't perform shows and stuff like that?
1: The four of us together now. Um it's just been Tristan and I um and mainly working on demos but that's what's great about technology now is that everybody's sending demos so we've we've already compiled 10 songs like complete that we know we want to go in the studio with and even today we were talking about let's hit the studio in june you know so the plan is to go in for album number four in june
0: i think that you know you guys even though you've all you know turned your back on your hometown scenes and uh you know You did what Tim Armstrong did. You sang about the Bay, and you were all about the Bay, but then you just moved to Southern California, right? Um, But I think that you guys, it's like the landscape of your sound to me is still very Bay Area because it has that kind of – the newer stuff like Reap has that dream pop surf thing kind of vibe that could even be something like what Get Married or Swimmers would do, but then it has – you guys have like tinges in your DNA of – Yeah, like you guys could break into knowledge at any point in your set and it would just be seamless. Mm -hmm. Great, very true. Do you guys feel like you could associate or do you associate with a a Bay Area sound, as cliche as that might be, or is that an inclination and that notion just so far fucking gone for you now that you're just focused on writing what you're writing and doing what you're doing?
1: Uh, First off, I want to say... Just to everyone listening out there, I would never turn my back on the Bay Area scene or Sonoma County. Please I'm just trying was. to,
0: st- I'm just trying to stir some shit, man. Come on, <laughs> my-
1: <laughs> I figured I was like, turn my back. Wait a second. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I again, man. I, I don't really think that we we said out loud at all, like w- what kind of sound we have or what we're going for. I think it's it's always just been like, let's write a good fucking song. Or like, what do you think of this? What should we change? What should we do here? Like, you know, it, it's it's just a matter of just we just want to write a good song, and however it comes out is what it, it is. What it is, you know.
0: That was a very diplomatic answer. I won't push the <laughs> issue any anymore. <laughs> I can just see Andy from Sell the Heart Records just in his house right now, just burning these new records. They turn <laughs> them back.
1: Never, um, dude.
0: Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about something that I think you experienced that that I also experienced, and that is that you get really good, or at least you get used to eating the shit sandwich that is touring in the United States, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, you you grow acclimated to the different flavors of shit sandwiches that you (laughs) eat throughout the States. That's a good way to put it. (laughs) And then you, you go to Europe. And you have that experience and you realize, oh, they actually give you real sandwiches here. It's They're not filled with turds. And then it's interesting to kind of watch when bands have that experience, how it kind of enlightens the, the way in which they approach touring when they're back home and the way in which they approach putting out records and, and making records when they're here. Can mm-hmm. you kind of... First of all, do you agree with me? Like, Do you think that there was a... Uh, a a demarcation line between when you guys were just an American band to when you became an international touring band and the positive effect that that had on you guys?
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I want to say that I've done, we've done some really cool us tours and we've also done some really bad ones. And most of the time it's because we're on our, like, well, I shouldn't say that. There's been some times where we've been on our own, and it's been pretty good, and we've come up on top, um, but there has been some times where it's it's really, really rough, and uh, and you kind of just feel like, what the fuck am I doing out here? Sometimes, you know?
0: Yes, I think, I, I, think
1: I, <laughs> I, I know very well, yes. Sure. <laughs> I would say, some, a lot of people should probably know that feeling, um, and it's kind of good to have that feeling every once in a while, right? You, you're kind of reminded, like... Why the fuck am I doing this? And you're like, oh yeah. I, well, it I makes love, I love the shit.
0: Yeah, it makes th- like the troubling lows not so bad when you have the dizzying highs to combat them. You know, and I I think that's kind of what I what I meant to ask in in my very wordy question to you previously was, you know, the the experience and the awakening that comes from touring on the other side of the world when you find that your music is connecting with people. It's not so much um, denigrating the experiences that you have touring stateside, Mm -hmm. but something just as an outsider, it was something that I kind of recognized in you guys when I could kind of, I feel like the first time I saw you was maybe 2015. And then a few years later, I just kind of like, you had a different aura about your band, not to mention you, you know, your, your bass player got, somehow a lot cuter but <laughs> it was a it was kind of a different vibe I, i'm trying to think the last time that we played together i want to say it was corona or pomona california maybe like tw- the end of 2018 or beginning of 2019 was it I with was western settings and you're yeah, playing acoustic i was solo that night yeah solo, I, yeah yeah um i think i was on a weekend thing you guys were on a different week or maybe you were on a full run at that point. Um, but, but yeah, it was just something that I, I picked up on. It was, it was, a uh, you guys had a little bit more of a, uh, of a swagger about yourselves in, in, in a good way. Like mm-hmm. I, I was like, Oh, this, this band kind of sees like there's, it seems as if they're seizing their moment, which is, which is really cool. Oh, Thanks, man. Um, and I was kind of curious if you guys kind of felt that as a foursome, as a forceful foursome after you had done, uh, some tours abroad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I was going to get to, um, you know, like those, those tours when you're in the U S it's like, uh, it's really hard, especially when you're on your own. Um, you know, you're not in direct support of somebody or, or a bigger band or anything. And, um, you know, Europe, we had the opportunity to go, um, 2019 and we were on our own, you know, for four weeks. And, you know, got on some some cool festivals, played played all over, and like just the amount of support we got out there and the shows we played, we're just like, holy shit, okay, this is another level. And we could we could see it. And um we only released one or two songs of Bliss um at the time. So we were we were still basically we were still pretty much touring on the Bloom album. Shit. But, you know, like everywhere we went, man, there was people that knew every word to Deviant or, you know, like Cold or, you know, the other more known songs on that record. And it was just like, holy shit, like there is something definitely happening. And this last year we were supposed to be out there twice playing on getting on bigger festival bills and and playing around more and more. And, um, yeah, I mean, we definitely came home with like a, okay. this isn't a waste of time. We're, we're all feeling good. You know, these songs are translating all over now and we can see that. And, um, it, you know, it was, it's really a boost, a real boost of confidence. And I mean, even and not saying like in the U S it's not like that sometimes because it is, and we've seen that. And it's like, that's also huge, but yeah, I think traveling across the world and people are singing every word of your song. It's like, okay, shit, this is, this is something else.
0: I'm curious about the aesthetic and prerogative choice to have every single song, at least on the last three records, <laughs> to find out what happens on LP4. But every song is just a single word. Yeah. It has to be on purpose, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I think Tristan said that from the beginning, that he wanted to have every song just be one word. And really, it's like on the set list – we're not going to write out, you know, a whole sentence of something. It's just, we're just going to put it down like one word for each song anyway. Right. So it's like, let's let's just keep it. Like, I think uh, Brian's song, Cold, is, was originally called Cold Shoulder. And he's like, ah, fuck it. Just make it cold. So that's it. <laughs> just to know, keep mate. the theme going.
0: <laughs> is it easier to remember like that? Or is it harder to remember? <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> sometimes I get confused,
1: especially with the newer songs too. Um, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure it's all gonna be one word for the next album too. I hate to, I hate to burst the bubble over there, but uh, yeah. And sometimes it gets a little confusing. Like I write, I write everything down on my my snare drum with a sharpie. Sure. The, the song names, or uh, and sometimes I get a little confused, just just with the newer songs, but the, you know the older stuff I've. I, kind of, I know what's up.
0: That's what I was worried about. Yeah, you're not bursting my bubble, man. It's your band. You know, <laughs> it's, you got to remember the songs. I don't get to do shit. Yeah. I, I think it's funny
1: because this is. I think this is the fourth or fifth interview we've done where somebody brings that up about the song. So it's funny that's starting to get noticed.
0: Yeah, I mean, it only took three records. I, that's not true. <laughs> I noticed it after. This. I noticed it when Bloom came out. Okay. Um, but but yeah, I just I just wanted to make sure. Well, cool, man. Well, uh you know is another ep or something like this in the works not to look past this one because it's not even out yet but mm-hmm. you know is is uh is something like this a, another possibility or are, you, are you guys going to jump right into the next record you think
1: yeah man I, june like i was saying earlier uh, we had a talk we had a group text going and we're going to jump in the studio in june and start hashing out the fourth record
0: There you go. My conversation with Hunter Martinez from Decent Criminal, their new record. It's a self-titled EP. Comes out on Friday, March 5th from Sell the Heart Records. Be sure to check it out. Thanks again to our sponsors, Hello TV and Hello Productions, who can help you and your band and brand with a great live streaming event, H-E-L-L-O-O-O-TV.com. And, of course, New Wave Flow State Coffee. N-O-O-W-A-V-E dot C-O slash B-E-R-M-A-N. Newwave.co slash Berman and get 10% off coffee for you or the coffee drinker in your life. All right, I'm Jeff Berman from the Berman Hour podcast. I'll see you next week.